This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. At the turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Use the promo code TURN when you check out at vicegolf.com to get free shipping. That's promo code TURN. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Spring has sprung here in the Pacific Northwest. It's currently 65 degrees. It is absolutely beautiful. The Masters is a mere month away. And Tiger Woods is in contention on the PGA Tour. Nick, you must be overjoyed as I am. Joe, we've been... We've been pretty much for the entire life of at the turn we've been talking about tiger's back but now we can talk about tiger is back and <laughs> it's it's a great day yeah so tiger woods finished tied for second at the valspar championship it's the most important the valspar championship has ever been the leaderboard was crazy it was like tiger and justin rose and sergio and patrick reed and all these all these big names it was it was it was it was paul casey who ended up winning it was a lot of fun uh, we're obviously yeah, going to focus. Major champion was was there for a while. Brant Snedeker. He did shoot. I think he shot like seventy eight today. Yeah, it was not good. Poor Brant. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of the show is going to focus on that. But we're also going to talk about caddying on the Canadian Tour. Nick and I may do that, and hopefully we may inspire some of you out there listening to perhaps try to be a looper on the Canadian Tour. <laughs> and we're going to talk a little Masters as well. But Nick, just your initial thoughts on what you saw from Tiger at the Valspar. Um, I watched pretty much the entire day, Saturday and Sunday, and uh, really impressed. Uh, Saturday, he was hitting it tight pretty much all day. Uh, it was, you know, it was quite a bit of excitement today. Sunday was quite a bit of par train, but he wasn't really hurting himself, and he was always within striking distance. And then that putt he made on 17 to get within one was just, you know, all the feels, Joe. It was, it was really exciting. God, he he whacks. I mean, like watching him swing so violently is is 
it makes me a little apprehensive, but you know, he just bounces right. He doesn't he doesn't wince. He's not bending over or anything like that. So I mean, good for him. It's it's exciting. And the fact that he's got, you know, a, a second place finish in early March, uh, I think the rest of the year is gonna be really exciting. Yeah, you talk about being a little apprehensive about him swinging violently. I don't know if you caught this stat. I think it was on Saturday, his tee shot on the fourteenth, which is a long par five. It was the fastest swing speed recorded by any player at any point on the PGA Tour this entire season so far. <laughs> so that makes me a little apprehensive, too. Although the commentators just gush over how far he's hitting the ball. They cut to Nota Begay, who's Tiger's buddy from Stanford, to get like the inside info. And Nota said, yeah, I don't think Tiger expected to really be hitting this ball as far as he is. And <laughs> again, they're also excited about it, which I understand, but... I don't know. Are we are we alone in our trepidation for being this excited about Tiger hitting the ball so far and so violently? I don't know. I think it's got to let it ride, you know? It is what it is. Right. And, and it's a good problem to have. It is. And, like, I know I belabor this point, but I don't think Tiger is going to be capable of playing as a PGA Tour regular and not trying to hit the ball very hard. I Perhaps it's in his mental makeup because he – views himself as such a great athlete, and of course he is. I just don't know if Tiger can feather him out there 265 and be, <laughs> be okay doing that. Rely on hot, hitting like 30-foot putts for birdie to, to win tournaments. Yeah, but no, really, coming out of the gate, Tiger, what do you have, a 12th a few weeks ago with the Honda? Now he has mm-hmm. a, a tie for second at the Valspar, which, by the way, this isn't a tournament that Tiger's played in in like 23 years. So They said he's never played in it. Well, okay. So I think there was like an off-season event at this course that he played like 23 years ago because they kept showing old footage right. of Tiger like in the mid-90s in his puffy shirts. So yeah. I guess he's never played in the Valspar. And for him to perform so well in a course he's never played before is that much more impressive because Tiger is one of these guys who – wins the same tournament, right? He's won Bay Hill eight mm-hmm. times. He's won at the Bridgestone eight times. He's won at Torrey Pines eight times. So he does well on all courses, you know, but he does especially well on the courses he, he owns. He has his favorites. Right. And so for him to do this at a course he doesn't know very well, I think is all the more that impressive. Yeah, that, that's a good point. One other thing I, I, I noticed that I really liked was the amount of irons he was hitting off tees. Um, I mean, it, it's no secret he has struggled with the driver when he has been on tour the last five years. Um, and he didn't really give himself a chance for that aspect of his game to take him out of contention. And when he did hit driver, he hit it well. Um, so that wasn't really hurting him. But if he didn't need to hit driver, he hit that little iron and crush it out there. I don't know how far, but seemed to be in the fairway every time and, and in good position with that. And you just knew he was going to, you know, if he had that iron, then he was going to be, you know, have it have a chance to hit the green and have a chance for birdie. So that was fun to watch. Yeah, we're definitely at a point where there's no part of Tiger's game where I think, oh boy, he really doesn't have the short game or his his iron game's really off. He looks really solid in everything that he's doing. He was in some tough spots around the green, and he almost chipped in uh, earlier yeah. in the round. Uh, I think it was just before 17, it may have been 15 or 16. But in any event, Tiger's short game was was really impressive. His putting was really, really good, especially, like you said, he had that birdie on the 71st hole. I think it was over 30 feet that he poured in to give himself a chance. I mean, Tiger Woods had a putt to get into a playoff, and yeah. he 
he really didn't hit a very good putt on the 72nd hole. He left it short, which I would have predicted it would have gone 15 feet by instead of one inch short. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a tough putt. Yeah, it wasn't like I was hoping he'd have like something inside 20 feet. That would have been really exciting. Um, but, you know, I kind of I kind of counted him out after he hit that par five and two. I think it was the 14th. Yeah. And he had a chant. And I'm like, he's on the front of the green. Yeah, it was a mild putt. But I'm like, OK, if he doesn't make a birdie here, you know, it, it's kind of bad news. And, and he ended up I don't know if you, if it's officially a three putt or not, but it, 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 whether or not it was, it, it felt like a three putt for par. And, you know, he didn't get that birdie there. And that was kind of in my book, that was kind of the. Although he had more chances, that was kind of the nail in the coffin. I kind of felt like he wasn't going to win after that. But, you know, like you said, he had a putt to force a playoff on the last hole. So <laughs> not a whole lot more you can ask for. And he goes to Bay Hill next week, which is a course that he has owned in the past. Like I said, I think he's won it eight times. Uh, that's the Arnold Palmer Invitational coming up for Tiger. Uh, I, I know we're going to talk more about the Masters later, but real quick, I just want to get your thoughts on Tiger Woods now being a 10-1 to favorite to win the Masters. <sighs> it's just... Um, I, it's kind of a tax on the stupid. Uh, <laughs> I mean, people love Tiger so much; they want to take him, they want to get in on that action. But I mean, if realistically, I mean, I don't think he's got that good of a chance. But it's just you know, people want Tiger so much that you know they're gonna they're paying whatever price Dick is gonna charge. One thing that annoyed me about the broadcast is they really emphasize Tiger Woods being the only two-time FedEx Cup champion. There are. <laughs> There are so many superlatives you can use when talking about Tiger, and to use the FedEx Cup as the metric by which he's judged is one of the most annoying things that I can imagine. And the PGA Tour, frankly, should be embarrassed for trying to push this as if it's as important as a major or anything like that. Sure, he's won it twice, and it is an accomplishment because you're playing well for a long period of time. But to have that be like they showed, oh, (laughs) Brant Snedeker, Tiger Woods, both FedEx Cup champions, give me a break. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't really... I didn't really notice that because I don't put a lot of merit in in the FedEx Cup. So like whenever they mentioned that, I didn't didn't really even really register with me. But yeah, now, now that you mentioned that, that's funny because yeah, it's such it's such an afterthought. Yeah, who, um, who cares? Speaking of speaking of obnoxious things on the broadcast, Patrick Reed. Um, it's a good segue. Um, I've got a couple bones to pick, so I'll just start with the number one. Um, you see this on Twitter: people complaining that now the Tigers back, they're only showing Tiger Woods and they're not showing enough of the field. I've had enough of that. I mean, if you just look at the gallery for the leaders compared to the gallery for Tiger Woods, if you look at the ratings for this tournament this year compared to any other tournament any other year, that's what people want to see. People want Tiger. Give me all the Tiger. I don't care if you don't show me any other golfers. Give us Tiger, as much Tiger as possible, especially when he's in contention. Yeah, like I care about any of the shots Justin Rose is hitting down the stretch. Give me a break. Show me Tiger walking up fairways rather than Trey Mullinex trying to chip to the 16th green. I don't I don't care. I, I totally agree. Show Tiger all the time. It was funny because I was actually driving around this morning and I missed the first few holes for Tiger. And I thought, boy, there should be a service in every major American city. It's a terrestrial radio station. And whenever Tiger Woods is on the golf course, that's the only time they're on. And it just keeps you <laughs> updated about Tiger Woods. Because just being in the car for 20 minutes and not being able to look at my phone to be updated on what Tiger was doing in the first three holes really bothered me. It did, I, I just need to know. Yeah, no, seriously. So that's that's the number one thing is, is people, you know, complaining about too much Tiger after he's been missing for the last five years. Yeah, what? Um, these huge galleries, Joe, and, like, I know people always scream, like, mashed potato and get out of the hole after they hit Baba shots. Baba Booey! 
it's now that it's more amplified with the tiger effect and you know people who aren't the the regular golf fans like the people who wouldn't be at the tournament unless tiger was there now they're there they don't know as much they're not you know as familiar with the etiquette even though you know like i said it happens all the time but that's a little obnoxious for me and i don't know if you caught it on saturday when um that rookie canadian who was leading connor's uh, he missed a par putt and they started chanting usa i did see that (sighs) i I hated that there's a kid out there that's embarrassing he didn't play well today but he led after the first three rounds it was like his 11th PGA Tour start, and he's like trying to fend off Tiger Woods. He misses a four-foot putt, and they start chanting, USA, you It's like, leave yeah. him alone. Don't actively, yeah, this isn't the Ryder Cup. God. Yeah, there was, there was one guy singing Eye of the Tiger after, <laughs> after a Tiger shot today, and that was kind of funny. But, you know, I, I just rather do without, because it's just kind of, it's like that serial mentality where now some, somebody hears it. Now they want to go out and do it. And they want to be the one guy who yells something by the camera. You know what I mean? And it's just, uh, I've just had enough of that. It's a little obnoxious. I don't know. Do you have a take on that? Do, does it add anything to the game for you? Does it add anything to the game for me when <laughs> yeah. people are yelling around me? <laughs> Not When you're watching on TV and you hear someone yell, mashed potatoes after every tee shot. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like, Snedeker teed off with an iron on a 400-yard hole. And someone yelled, get in the hole before he even made contact with the ball. And it's like, I get it. Those people are pretty lubricated by this part in the day. You know, it was like 545 local time when Tiger and Snedeker were coming up the 18th green. So I get why people are acting kind of nuts. But, you know, it's (laughs) if you can compare it to this, it's kind of the happy Gilmore effect, right? Like (laughs) Like you said, you get a lot of fans who come out there who aren't accustomed to acting how they should or are expected to. At a golf tournament, and as a result, you get the Baba Booies and the Ma- the Ma- I actually didn't even hear mashed potato. I kind of want to see hear that. I, I I did not hear that one, but no. Did you hear um, Tiger missed a putt short, and somebody yelled, "Does your wife play too?" <laughs> Is it like all frat boys out there? Who's actually at this golf it's tournament? Gotta be, and it's so embarrassing. It's like, how would you? How would? How can you actually? Be that guy to yell that at Tiger Woods in the middle of the back nine of a golf tournament. But the guy who's Sunday. yelling, the guy who's yelling that Nick is going to tell his buddies, and he like DVR'd the tournament, and he wants to show, oh look, you can hear me yelling at Tiger here. He thinks it's awesome, and that's probably why oh. he's doing it to begin with, don't you think? That's the problem. That is the problem, you know. And and Justin Thomas catches some flack for having a guy removed from the from the course for for you know inappropriate whatever he was saying. So I don't know. I. I've had enough of it, but, you know, I don't want to be the old, like, get off my lawn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we move on for the Valspar, I want to get your quick take on uh, Captain America himself. Patrick Reed was in contention. Uh, He actually bogeyed the 72nd hole. He had a putt from off the green that would have won him the tournament. He hit it to the crest of a hill. It stopped there and then rolled back to him. And as it was rolling back to him, he gave it the little wave, like, come at me, come at me. Like, that was such a Patrick Reed moment. And whenever I see him, and I know you like him, so I I, want to get your take on this. Whenever I see Patrick Reed, I always think, God, I sometimes wish he wasn't American because it's really tough rooting for that guy. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, I I do kind of like Patrick Reed, but I couldn't root for him to day because he was at minus 10 and I knew I knew Tiger couldn't get to minus 11 so I, I wouldn't have minded um, Patrick Reed making par on that hole and getting into a playoff and winning the tournament but I didn't want to see him get to 11 because like I said I knew Tiger wasn't getting to 11 
Um, yeah, that was a tough putt because I think it started on the green, went through a ridge of the of the fringe, and then back. And I think as soon as he hit it, he knew it was you know going to end up at his feet, which it did, which was unfortunate. But um, yeah, I, I didn't want to see him get to to eleven under. I, I wouldn't have minded him winning at ten if if Tiger wasn't going to get there. But I hated. I would have hated to see if if he would have made that somehow, and, and Tiger would have somehow gotten to minus ten and and, uh, <laughs> and not one. That would have that would have killed me. Yeah, but. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. Obviously, it's just a whole different feel when Tiger's in contention. He finishes tied for second at the Valspar Championship, and he is playing great golf with the Masters just a month away. Nick and I are considering being caddies this summer on the Canadian Tour. We're going to tell you all about that coming up in just a few. Joe, I'm out here in New England, and I, I guess it's been world news. We've been we've been hit with a few storms the last couple of weeks. But before the first one came, I was able to go out and get around to golfing. Oh, and um, I was playing at this this course. It's like not even a mile from my in-laws, which is also where I'm where I'm staying. Um, and I was playing with a guy who works at the course, and we were kind of talking. And he said, "What kind of balls do you play?" I, said, I play <laughs> vice balls. He said, "Oh, well, what's the story with those?" I said, "Yeah, they're they're actually made in Germany." And, uh, you know, they're direct to consumer. You, you buy them online and, you know, you can save a bunch of money. I said, wow, I bet, I bet sending them from Germany, the shipping's really expensive. I said, oh, my friend, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> shipping is free. Promo code TURN, free shipping. I said, wow. He was amazed. That's right, Joe. <laughs> Vicegolf.com, promo code TURN, T-U-R-N, free shipping. Joe, I don't remember exactly when it was, but sometime last summer I was kind of doing some digging around with some different golf things. And I, for some reason I found myself on like the tournament website of a McKenzie tour event, which is a Canadian tour. And there was like a big banner ad for like, sign up here to be a caddy for this week's event. And I was like, what? So I clicked on it and, and literally you can, for most of these Canadian tour events, you can just sign up and be a caddy for one of the players. I think they pay you like $35 a round, and I have to assume that the player, you know, if they if they make something, they, they throw you like a small percentage of that on top of that. Um, and at the time, I was living in Hawaii, and I was like, okay, well, obviously I can't do it here, but if I ever live on the mainland again, I'm definitely going to caddy on the Canadian tour. And now I live on the mainland, and I've got my sights set on caddying on the Canadian tour this summer. Okay, so... You told me this, and I was like, okay, that sounds kind of fun. And so I checked it out, and I was like just going through the website, like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess this is how you sign up for this, da-da-da-da-da. And so I sign up, and I kind of went, oh, ha-ha-ha, I signed up for this thing. And like 12 hours later, the people who were in charge of this caddy program said, hey, Joe, congratulations, you're registered as a caddy for the 2018 Golf BC Championship. And they give me all this information, and I thought, oh, my God, I guess I'm caddying in the Canadian Tour this summer. So uh, I'm going to have to kind of make a decision in the next couple of weeks if I'm actually going to do this. But it sounds like you, you're you all in on this. I, I, I pretty much am. So I was, I was uh, looking through my summer plans and kind of seeing what might work. And that Golf BC one, I think it's going to work. Then my wife was talking about um, going on a trip that same week. And then she said today that, you know, she thinks she's going to be in the soccer playoffs that week. She can't commit to, you know, going on a, a little getaway until later in the summer. So my weekend's wide open that week. And um, 
it's the weekend before the Corner Club Open, which is well documented on this show. So I don't know why I wouldn't do it. Do you have any concerns about the actual act of being a caddy and being on the golf course? I have one major one, but I'm curious if you have any. Um, it's crossed my mind, like whether I should be nervous about it, but I've been (laughs) on enough golf courses and I, and I've been around enough events, like sporting events in my life. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know how to act. I don't think the guy is going to be asking me to like, you know, read a, read a 15 foot double breaker, you know, for birdie (laughs) on the last hole. I mean, I think I just literally hand them the clubs. Actually, I don't know where I heard this. Um, I can't take credit for this saying, but somewhere I've heard the saying for caddies, uh, show up, keep up and shut up. That, that's like the three rules of being a caddy. If you do that, you're fine. So I, I can do those three things. Uh, I think you should be fine. Can we get at the turn t-shirts that say that on the front? <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. I don't see why not. So what's your concern? Yeah. Uh, raking bunkers. Mm. Cause yeah. I would, I would consider myself uh, a slightly above average bunker raker, but and perhaps this is just me watching a little too much of the Masters, but I am so concerned about raking it properly, getting out of the bunker and not leaving one of my footprints, just making sure that I'm doing it correctly because I would hate for the group behind me to be like a legitimate golfer who's leading the tournament and then his ball gets in a weird spot because I raked it funny and then his caddy comes up and like confronts me in the caddy's locker room afterward. <laughs> He's like, hey, are you, are, well, were, you, were you on Benson's bag? What the hell is going on back at 13? <laughs> uh, I think you're overthinking it, Joe. Certainly. Um, I, I think you just do what you would normally do on the golf course. I guess now that you mentioned it, my biggest concern would be forgetting to do something like rake the bunkers, like just spacing out or losing focus or just like, you know, I've never been a caddy before. Like, it's not me in the bunker. What if I just forgot to rake the guy's bunker? Or You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I don't think not doing a good enough job, if someone's going to call you out for not doing a good enough job raking the bunker on the 13th hole of the, the Canadian Tour BC Open, you know, they need to kind of get a life, I think. So, <laughs> so I think you're okay. You mentioned that if your guy does well, you're going to get a little scratch. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not banking on it, but I have to imagine. 10% like, is pretty standard, I think. Yeah, I would think I would think they would give you something. I mean, you're getting 35 a day, right? So if he makes the cut, you're looking at 140 bucks for four, for four days worth of work. I would imagine they'd, I don't know, 10% of, I don't know what, but. Yeah, because I was thinking about it, like, how much does the winner actually get on a McKenzie Tour event? And it looks like it's somewhere between, like, fifteen dollars and $20,000. I think the purse for those events, last year the purse was right around thirty for every event. It was the same for every event, and I think it was, like, just over 30000 30 was the purse? I think. <sighs> well, if that's the case, 100, <laughs> 100, 140 may be more than 10%. Yeah. Well, so. okay. I mean, look, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, it would certainly be a, an, an experience. So I guess this is, we'll have to talk over the next few weeks and, and kind of firm things up. And we'll we'll post a link to this somewhere on social media so you can take a look at it if you're interested in Canadian, Canadian tour <laughs> caddying, which it would be a lot of fun. It it really would. Yeah, so, it, would be, it would be a good experience. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, it, would, it would suck, though, if you get out there and mm. it's like, torrential downpour and your guy makes the cut on the 36th hole like on the number and you got to go out for two more days and he's not really in contention and the weather's terrible and then like you know but i can't imagine other than that i can't imagine it not being like a pretty cool experience i'm sure i'm sure at the end of the day it would be certainly a, a really good story to have um 
Nick, you put together a would you rather for this episode? Yeah, I don't know if this makes sense to you. It's <laughs> I don't know how to word it. Driving. Would you rather? So Tiger finished uh, tied for second today at the Valspar, mm-hmm. which is good, but how satisfying is it? If I could tell you right now, would you take Tiger taking finishing tied for second at the Masters or door number two, which could be a win or it could be a miscut. It could be, you know, withdrawal from injury. You, you never know. It could be anything. So... Would you take time for second at the Masters? No, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. <laughs> I, 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 I really... didn't know if I lost you for a minute there or if you were just debating. No, I was thinking in my head because if you take a T2, then you know Tiger is in contention down the stretch, but you also know he's not going to win. And, I mean, I don't mind being hyperbolic about what's happening with Tiger. I, being irrational with this whole situation is super fun because – it was it was less than a year ago where Tiger got popped for a DUI and we thought he's never going to play professional golf again. And today he had a putt to get into a playoff at a real PGA Tour event. So I think we can throw expectations and realism out the window and just say, no, I want I want Tiger to win. You think Tiger wants to finish second at the Masters? <laughs> no way. He wants to win that yeah. thing. Tiger would not take that for sure. I, I don't think I could either. Um, it's just I think – as I've said this whole time in the whole existence of at the turn, the the fun of tiger is the hope. It's like having a lottery ticket, you know, the unknown, the possibility that it could happen. I think that's, that's the fun, you know? So tied for second, it's not a satisfying at the Valspar. Sure as hell is not going to be satisfying at the Masters. <laughs> well, that was a good one. So uh, I guess let's segue into uh, the Masters itself. Um, it's obviously coming up very soon, just about a month. Um, we'll definitely do an episode between now and then, but I want to start talking about it a little bit because we're starting to get an idea of who's finding some form and who's pretty far off their game. And uh, Nick, I was just going to start with a couple of thoughts of someone who I think will probably be in contention and someone who won't. So someone who I really think is going to play well at Augusta is the defending champion, Sergio. Sergio has been playing very good golf, very consistent. He just got married. Um, there's no pressure on him to win the Masters or to win a major anymore, so I think he can be a little more free. And if he gets hot with with the putter, Sergio is one of the best ball strikers in the game. So I, I really think Sergio uh, can contend. And to be honest, at this point, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sergio won. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning toward him as my pick to win the tournament. Uh, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks, but that's where I'm at Joe, with him. There's an, X, there's an X factor with Sergio, and they mentioned it only about like 35 or 40 times in the broadcast this week, so maybe you didn't catch it. <laughs> about to have a baby seven days from now. His wife's due in seven days. So um, I, don't, I don't have a baby. I don't know what that's like, but I imagine having a newborn three weeks before the Masters could put a wrinkle into some of the preparations. It could be maybe perhaps a little bit distracting, um, I don't know. This is all speculation, but I'm just saying uh, that could be an X factor. Maybe it goes the other way. Maybe he's so overjoyed <laughs> at being a new father. That's right. He has something to play. He has a wife, a child. He has he has things bigger than himself. Nick, the Masters is but a golf tournament, but one Sergio can win like he did last year. So I'm going to take <laughs> that as a true. positive. Okay. Okay. There you go. And real quick, one guy who I think is not going to do anything at Augusta. He's played well in Europe. He's played awful in America. Roy McIlroy looks like he is a lost soul right now, um, in America at least. I think he's won once or twice in the European Tour this season, but he's played terrible in America. 
And, you know, the Masters is a place where Rory has some demons. It's obviously the only place, or the only major, rather, that he, has, that he hasn't won the Masters. Uh, he had the, uh, the lead there in the back nine when he was a youngster and, and kind of blew up. Um, but I, I, I just see nothing from him that's, that's any indication that he is going to turn it around in the next month or so and actually be a contender at Augusta. So Sergio Ye and Rory Ney. Well, for Rory, it is the uh, the career Grand Slam, you know, the final missing piece. So um, I think, I don't know, i got to imagine it's what gets him up every morning. Uh, I, I think, I mean, he's been in contention before. Twice, right? Definitely a few times. Yeah. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Rory did well. When, when you first mentioned this segment, like we wouldn't talk about the Masters on March 11th, um, <laughs> there was th- three guys that came to mind. Rory was one of them. The other two are, are the, the old dudes making headlines these days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tiger yes. and Phil. If, if Tiger and Phil don't hit another shot or if they don't make another cut between now and then, they're still going to be the biggest story going into. Phil is what? He won a tournament. He won in Mexico, WGC, and two other top tens. Is that right? Two other top tens. Tiger, T12 and a T2. Um, these two guys are on top of the world. Um they're going to be the story no matter what. I mean, obviously, I mean, for those for them to overshadow the Rory career Grand Slam talk, I think is is indicative of how how exciting it is to have Tiger and Phil on top of their games heading into the Masters, both in their forties. If they get paired together Thursday and Friday, I'm just going to call in sick to work. I'm legitimately <laughs> not going to go into work to go to my company and like earnestly say, yes, I'm going to pay more attention to what's happening with the business than Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson playing together at the Masters would just be a lie. So I I think I'd have to take some vacation or a sick day. That would be so much fun. And to those people out there who'd say, oh, I want to see what's going on with like the U.S. Amateur Champion playing in the field right now. No! Show all the Tiger and all the Phil. That's what we want to see. Like you'll, You'll see other guys, but if Tiger and Phil are in the field and playing well like they are right now, then I don't know how you can't have that be the focus of your broadcast and your viewer experience. That's mostly what I would want to see. Joe, what what would you trade right now for uh, a Tiger and Phil final group on Sunday? Gosh, what would I trade for that? <laughs> you know, I just I just um... <laughs> I would probably I, I I just got a new putter last year that I really like, but I would I would go back to my old putter which I'm probably well I'm I'm much worse with. I would go back to that to watch those two on Sunday and have to pay a penance of like playing with a bad putter for a year to have that Sunday. That would be so amazing. Come to think of it, I don't know if Tiger and Phil have they've they've probably been paired together on a Sunday at Augusta close to the final group, but I don't think it's ever been the final group before. And especially because now it's one of those situations where every time we see it, it feels like it's probably going to be the last time one of these things happens. Like, mm-hmm. who knows if Phil wins again? When Tiger wins, if he does, I mean, it looks like he's headed in that direction. But once he does, who knows if that's going to be the last time he does it? So that's what makes every time that there's a tournament and they have a chance to win more special than the last is that it could be the last time that we're actually seeing it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's super special. I can't believe like your your putter <laughs> was the end. I mean, that doesn't seem like that steep of a price. No, what would you what would you do? I don't know. I'd like I'd give up my phone for like six months and just have no cell phone. <laughs> That'd actually be like, a blessing. Yeah, yeah, it might be. I, I'd give up my car. I mean, I don't know. I would, you know, I would. There, 
like some serious something that would actually have repercussions on my life, not just like oh, I'm using a putter that that I I used for 15 years and look, I was hoping to not use it again. Look, that has major repercussions <laughs> in my life. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to share on the Masters? Oh, you know what? I actually have one thing I want to share real quick. You you might know this, and listeners out there might know this too, but I actually didn't. So Golf Digest posted an article this week. I think it was nine things you don't know about the Masters, which I knew like six of them. So anyway, that's besides the point. One of the things I did not know was that they pump artificial bird sounds into the broadcast, not only really? at the Masters, but at most golf tournaments. I was so naive. I had no idea. What? Yeah, that happens that's, on most broadcasts, apparently. That's kind of offensive. It's kind of like, I don't like that. And I, had, I had no idea, but like, I feel like they're insulting my intelligence, which I, I had no idea. So I guess that shows, <laughs> shows my intelligence. They were right in doing so? Because I guess, yes. and I've never experienced this. Hopefully I will someday. But I guess when you're at Augusta, you virtually see no birds anywhere, which is really interesting and kind of makes you think, if you want to go down a conspiracy theory black hole with that idea, why there's no wildlife at Augusta, even though it's supposed to be like lush forest, that's an interesting old space to go down, <laughs> maybe for another show. But I just find it fascinating that they do that. And so now when I'm watching the tournament this year, I'm really going to pay attention to the bird sounds and be like, wow, that's <laughs> as, as real as that sounds, that's actually not happening at the course. Wow. Yeah, it's really disappointing. Bonkers, right? Yeah, it is. I had no idea. So I guess we'll try to do we'll try to do at least one more episode before the Masters, Nick, don't you think? Yeah, we gotta try. I mean Tiger's playing again next week, so Yeah, what are you doing on Sunday? <laughs> uh, I don't know, I probably gotta work, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. see. Uh, anything else you wanna add before we go? No, I don't know how I can top any of that. So uh, let's let's call it a day. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Remember, vicegolf.com. Use promo code TURN. You get free shipping anywhere in the United States. Thank you very much for listening. Nick, thanks to you. And uh, I guess we'll talk to all of you next time. See you later. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.